Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. I like to start with a quote. Here's our quote for today. We aren't defined by what we're going through, but by how we go through it. Amen. Amen. I got one hand up there. Amen. We aren't defined by what we're going through, but by how we come through it. Through it. Amen. If you weren't here last week, we started a series called Name Dropping. And that's a... Uh, you guys know name dropping. Name, I'm so scared I'm going to fall. But, so, so pray for me silently as we just get through this. Amen. I, I can't go off the edge and I can't step on this area because there's nothing underneath it. This is where the second stairs are going. And we didn't have a chance to finish that. Thank you for bringing me V8. Oh, I thought that was terrible. I said, I don't drink that, man. Thank you, Joe. So we started a series called Name Dropping. And that's just, you know, a lot of you know what name dropping is. When you get in trouble or when you, when you want to get in some place that you can't or when you want to go someplace that you can't, you drop somebody's name. You know, and you say, hey, but I know, uh, you know, the manager of this place. He's my cousin's best friend. He lives next to my friend's cousin's uncle. You know, I know him. We're like this, you know. And, you, you know, you name drop. And, and so we, I, I want to do this series to, to give you names to drop. Amen. But names that mean something. Names that truly empower you. Names that truly strengthen you. Names that truly cover you and protect you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for the two of you. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. So I want to give you names to run into. So we're doing this series to, to, to be able to give you names to cover you through tough seasons. Amen? Amen. To give you names to, to equip you for battle. To give you names to prepare you to face the things that we need to face. To give you names just to stand on. Amen? I don't know about you, but I need that. So I thought this would be a great series just for me to strengthen me and encourage me. So you guys are kind of just stuck with it. Another reason for this series is a real, a real basic one. See, when you get to know someone's name, it's, it's personal, right? You get to address that person. And when you, when you address somebody by their name, you get their attention, right? When you call somebody's name, you, you engage a person, right? It's, it's a big difference from going, Psst, yo mamita. Yo mommy, psst. Oh yeah. Right? It's a big difference. If I know somebody's name, that person has to turn. You, you're engaged when you, when you call someone by name, right? Names develop, and, and this is cool, names develop as relationships develop, right? Think, think about that. See, we start out not knowing a person's name, and then we get to know them better, and, so we, and we learn their name. And, and as we know them even better, we, we get more intimate levels of relationship and, and, and we get to, to know more names for the person. You understand what I'm saying? To some of you, I'm just that guy. I'm that guy. That guy, you know, that guy. And to some of you, I may be Pastor George. To some of you, though, I'm Poppy. To some of you, I'm Theo. See, as, as, as intimacy develops, names change. And we get to know, to, to one person in here, I'm Sonny Boy. My mommy who's sitting right over there. So, see, as, as relationships develop, we get, we get different names. Just um, to, to test this, you can look at the names on your cell phones. Right? Not very many people put full names on their cell phones. What do you have? You got Papi Chulo, you got... Right? You got different names for people. You don't put like, you know, George Martinez. I mean, maybe some of you do. I don't know. But, but for me, you know, I got, I got my wife as my sweetie. Because, because there's something about her that's sweet to me. And that's, so, so when I'm going to call my wife, I don't, I don't look for M's. Well, I do look for M's. But I look for my sweetie. And, and, and she's waving at me. My other one is my baby Meg. 
So that's my baby. My other one is my Kelita. She's not Kelly. She's my Kelita. You know, there's, there, there, there's, there's things. And, and those names just, you know, explain like an endearing thing. See, on my wife's phone, I'm sexy thing. I don't, I don't feel I need to explain that. She'll bring it. <laughs> See, I, I don't think I need to explain that, but... You know, there's, there's, there's intimacy with names, and, and, and that's, that's awesome, right? There's intimacy with that. Some of you are, are, are I don't want you to look at my phone, because I don't want you to see what name I have for you in my phone. I'm kidding. Okay, pop quiz. What were the two names that we, we learned last week? Two names of God. Somebody give me one. Jehovah Shammah. You got to do that when you say it, right? Shammah. It's just there's some power. I love saying that name. That means the Lord is here. So you can't say the Lord is here without a little, ah, amen? Jehovah Shammah. Yeah, you got it. What's the other one? That's a little tougher one. Jehovah Sid can you, Sid can you, Sid can you, the Lord my righteousness. Amen. So you, some of you got those two under your belt. You got Jehovah Shammah and Jehovah Sid can you, the Lord my righteousness. And listen, for many of us, that's all we can handle right now. For many of us, that's all we need at the moment. Right? We need to know He's here and we need to know that we can stand with Him because He's our righteousness. For some of you, that's all you need. That's, all, that's good enough. We need to know that, you know, that, that the, because let's be honest, some of us, the only right choice we've made this week is that we're, that we're standing right here. Right? To some of us, the only, the only righteous act that we can, that we, is that God, man, we, I, I spoke to you this week, at least I'm, I'm standing, I'm trying. Right? So he's our, our righteousness. And so, I, you know, I don't think there's a better place to start than there because it's hard to go anywhere else until you come here. It's hard to go anywhere else until you know that he's here and that he's my righteousness. But once, but once you've arrived here, then you can move on and you get to meet one of my favorite, Jehovah Rafi. Anybody know what that is? No? Jehovah Rafi, the Lord that healeth me. Amen? Anybody need that today? Anybody need that in the spirit today? Anybody need to know that one of the names of my God is Jehovah Rafi, the Lord that heals me? That we find that in Exodus 15. That's when it were first introduced to Jehovah Rafi, Exodus 15. See, Moses was leading his people from the Red Sea. They were just, you know, he led his people out of captivity. And they just did the whole Red Sea thing when he brought them through. And, and they were able to walk in between the water. And then the enemy came, surrounded them. And the waters closed back in and wiped out the enemy. Isn't that cool? How many of you wish your, your enemies could? <laughs> Martina said, drown. <laughs> So, so they had just come through that Red Sea experience and now they've been walking. But, but keep in mind, they, they just saw their enemy that was chasing them, the enemy that, that was bound, had them bound, and now they're free. And they just saw them wiped out. They just saw God's hand. But, but now it's been three days in their journey and they haven't found water. And so it says that they start to grumble and complain. And then they get to this place of water, a place that they call Mara, because the place is bitter. They get to this place where there's water, and they taste it and they spit it out because the water is bitter. And so they start to grumble and complain. And so as they're in there complaining, they go to Moses. Moses goes to God, and, and God tells Moses, just take this tree. Look, there's a tree there. Take this tree. And throw it in the water. And so Moses obeyed. He took the tree. And you can imagine thinking, oh, okay God, what is that going to do? Right? Can, um, has God ever asked you to do something that sounds pretty ridiculous? So ridiculous that you didn't do it? Well, thank God that sometimes God, that, that, that Moses listened this time. So that we could have this kind of experience. So Moses took the tree. He threw it in. And it says that the bitter waters became sweet. Isn't that awesome? 
The bitter waters became sweet. See, there was no healing virtue in Moses. There was no healing virtue in the tree. There was, it's the act of obedience and doing what God tells you to do that releases healing. And so, so he took the tree, he threw it in, and the waters became sweet. And so it says, he, he addressed them there in verse 26. He, he took this opportunity to speak to them. And he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and you'll do what's right in his sight, and you'll listen to and obey his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians. For I am Jehovah Rophi, the Lord who heals you. Now that's so awesome for a couple of reasons. They came to a bitter place and God made it sweet using two things. He used Moses, so God uses people. And he used a tree. So God uses people and things, even though all the healing is from God. But, but, but there's something about that. Because see, God could have just said, okay, right? God could have just said, taste it again, it's sweet. God could have just said, just go back to the water. God could have just said, pray. God could have just said, try it again, it's sweet now, right? He could have done it any other way, but he chose to use people and things to bring about this healing of the waters. And this is actually the first recorded healing. He healed the waters using people and things. So this is just so awesome about that because in, in sorts, we can look at that so many different ways, but see, Moses represents, could represent a doctor. And the tree could represent medicine. The tree could represent surgery. The, the tree, whatever means of recommended prescription, but thank God for the healing. Amen? See, people get twisted and, and, and you, get, you could get all fanatical and say, well, no, you don't need to go to the doctors. You don't need to take medicine. Where's your faith? Just pray. Oh, but I have a headache. So, well, just pray. But I got Tylenol in my bag. You don't need, just pray, brother. Sato and, and, you know, no, I have a headache. And God gave me Tylenol. And so I can use Tylenol and my headache goes away. Right? Does that make me any less spiritual? Does, no, see, we, we get crazy with this kind of fanaticism and that's why I believe God show, chose to use people and to use things. Amen? So that we can see that ultimately the healing is going to come from Him. But He gives us ways to get our healing. Hallelujah. Now, the big picture in that, obviously, there's a bigger picture in there. God is pointing to the future. Moses represents Jesus, and the tree represents the cross, doesn't it? So our true healing will only come through the cross, where bitter sin is turned into sweet grace. There's still a cross, there's a person and a tree. There's Jesus and the cross. You see the picture? I mean, if you break down every scripture, it all points to the cross. It's so, be it's so beautiful. Any scripture you find, it will all paint the picture of the cross. It's all about the gospel, right? And throughout the word, we hear about this healing thing all over the place. In Jeremiah 30, he says, um, talking to the people, he says, I will restore health to you. In Isaiah 30, 53, 5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds we are... Amen. See, all throughout the New Testament church, there were healings. Everywhere Jesus went, He prayed for the sick and they were healed. Every time a crowd gathered, it says, Jesus had compassion on them and healed all of their iniquities. He's Jehovah Rophi, the Lord that healeth thee. How many of you here in this place have been introduced to Jehovah Rophi and you know him personally because you've been healed? Look around. And yet how many of you have prayed for healing and have not received it? How many times have, have we prayed for people and not seen them healed? Church, I wish that I had answers for that today. I wish that any theologian or, or preacher or somebody more educated than me, I wish that they could give us answers. But here's what I do know. At least understand something. There are no formulas for healing. I'll save you hundreds of dollars in books right there. 
Don't buy a book that says there's three ways to be healed. You know, uh, pray the prayer that heals people. And, and there's millions of books. There's counters of books. Listen, save your money. There is no formula for healing. If you look throughout the word, Jesus healed some people and he said, um, Ma'am, your faith has healed you. He healed some people that weren't even there. He said, your faith has healed him. So, so wait, the, some people got healed on faith. Some people got healed that they had no faith. He healed some people that didn't even know him. See, sometimes he healed, Jesus healed blind eyes like three or four times, three or four different ways. You know why I think he did that? So we wouldn't have a formula. Because I think that if, if every time a blind man came, he spit on the dirt, took the dirt, put it on his eyes, then we'd have a dirtinyoureyeministries.com. Right? And, and all of us would be doing it. All, we'd, have, we'd have pulpits with dirt on the front, with a little thing of dirt, so that anybody, bring your blind people, we got dirt at the pulpit. Right? We'd, we'd do this. We would do it. You know we would. Right? And we'd buy books on it and we'd, and we'd teach seminars, dirt in your ear, semi, in your eyes, seminars. And you know, we'd, we'd just take it to an extreme till it gets to the point that it's all about the formula and not God. And so that's why God says, I don't, I don't want you to do that. Just trust me. Just believe that I can. And that's your part. Amen? See, the bottom line... We are subject to God. God is not subject to us. Not an easy thing to swallow. I, I understand that. But He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And He sees the beginning and the end. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to trust Him to know better. But because I know His name is Jehovah Shammah, because I know He's here with us, and because we know His name is Jehovah Sid Kenyu, because we know that we can stand righteous before Him and accept forgiveness and call on Him, and because we know His name is Jehovah Rafi, when we're sick, we're going to pray. Knowing that He's able to hear us because His name says so. Amen? See, there's no, and, and as I'm going through these names and thinking, man, there's no right order to these names that I'm just teaching as God leads me. But, you know, because I don't ever want to put God, we, we have to stop trying to box in God and, and start trying to say, you know, well, you can't be, you know, you can't be saved until you're baptized. You can't be baptized until you're clean. You can't be this until you're this. You can't do ministry until you do this. And you can't be, you know, we have all this kind of, I, I just want to say, shut up. Shut up. God, that kind of religion has kept people from God for hundreds of years. Right? God can introduce himself to his beloved any way he chooses. That's how I feel about it. And that's kind of what the word tells me about it. There's no right order. Sometimes God will heal someone or introduce himself as Jehovah Rophi even before Jehovah Shammah's there. Even before they know he's there. Sometimes God will, you know, what, what, what an awesome thing that God will do it any way that he wants to and, and we can't tell him how. What's awesome is that there's more. Can you tell somebody today there's more? There's more than just he's here. There's more than just we can be righteous in him. There's more than just he's the God that heals me. Tell somebody there's more. I'm glad to you believe it. There's more. Some names to me seem more intimate than others, but that's probably just my experience. For instance, let's do another one. You want another one? Here's one that, that many people know. Christians all over the world know this name. Jehovah Jireh. Who's that? Look at you. Look at you. How come everybody knows that one? Jehovah Jireh, we sing songs about that one. I mean, that's it. Don't even make sense, but it sounds good to us, right? It doesn't sound any better than Rafi or Shama or Sid Kenyu, but we write songs about it because we want the provision, right? We want to know God, my provider, the Lord who provides. Well, we meet Him in Genesis 22. Interestingly enough, God has asked Abraham to sacrifice his beloved son. And, and Abraham is right now at the altar of sacrifice. His son is on the altar. He is about to execute him, to offer him up because God asked him to give up what he loves the most. 
And he's about to, to put the knife to him and, and God stops him and he shows him just off to the side a ram that's been caught in the bush to use as a sacrifice. And so Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord sees and the Lord provides. The Lord sees and the Lord provides. Again, obviously that's a beautiful picture of the gospel. We deserve death we, for our sinful conditions, but God sees and he provides his own son to take our place. Right? Another picture of, of, of the gospel. Many believers know this name. Man, we sing songs about it. And I used to see this one as, as one that's kind of more intimate, you know, because I used to think, well, until you know he's there, you can't ask him to see and provide. Right? I need to know Jehovah Shammah first. I need to know Jehovah Sidkenu that I have righteousness to come before God first before I would ask Him to provide. So to me, you know, I had it in my head that, that this is more intimate and you need to know one you know, before the other. And my opinion used to be that you can't call Jehovah Shire, Jireh until you know Jehovah Shammah. It's like telling a waiter in a restaurant, he's going to pay the bill and you're pointing at an empty chair. There's nobody there. He's got to be there first before you ask for provision, right? It's like somebody writes you a check. It's got to be signed first before you can cash it. He's got to be there first, right? And so I had all these conceptions in my own theology, which God shatters all the time. Thank God for that. And so I wanted to preach today about how many people want provision before admission. See, I wanted to say, you want God to pay before you let him in. I was ready to blast that today. How many of you prayed that? How many of you ever prayed, well, God, if you want me to go to church, then do this. Well, God, if you want this, then do this. And it's almost like you're asking God, pay before I let you in. And so, you know, I was ready, I was ready to blast that today. I was ready to, to, to blow it up. I thought that was good preaching, you know. And then God reminded me, that's you, brother. And I said, you know what, that, that was. Because, see, I was at a point in my life that... Me and my wife, who's now my, you know, was my girlfriend at the time, we we were, were were in a situation. We were in a predicament, and on a bus heading to Atlantic City, at the back of this bus, we prayed, and we said, "God, if you do this, we'll go Sunday to church." So we called on Jehovah Jireh before I knew anything about Jehovah Shammah or Jehovah Sidkenu or Jehovah anybody. I said, God, if you would take care of this, then I'll go to church on Sunday. Can I tell you that God did it and we did it? We came to church on Sunday. We gave our hearts to the Lord that one Sunday at the same day. We both went out. I don't remember the message. I don't remember what was going on, but God was dealing with my heart. We both went up to the front. We accepted the Lord. Never left that church again for 15 years until he called me out to plant this church. Amen. So I know a little bit about Jehovah Jireh. Because that's how we did it. And, and I've never been the same. Now, so I guess you could say he first introduced himself to me as Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and provides because he saw my situation. He saw my predicament. He saw my heart. But what's awesome is that he already saw this. He already saw that we'd have over a hundred people just coming from all different kinds of churches, coming wounded, coming sick and tired of religion, and just coming to a place where they can just be accepted as they are. He saw this place in existence when I cried out and said, God, if you do this, if you'd pay the way, I'll let you in. God said, I'm going to pay the way and let you in because I'm going to call you to a life of sacrifice, brother. And he has. And he did. And, and I thank God because there is no other place I would want to be today. No other place than be standing here on this mega stage. No, than to be standing here with you guys. Going through our theology together. Just learning and growing together. And, and, and being empowered and empowering. And being released to do things. And releasing people to do things. And it, it's, there's no place that I would rather be. So I know Jehovah Jireh. Amen. This verse, there's a, there's a quote that says, See, no man will ever be saved until he's lost. No one will ever be clothed until he's stripped. 
No one will ever be filled until he's empty. Christ only comes to those who need him, but he always comes to those who need him. He always comes to those who needs him because his name is I see and I provide now I just wanted to stop with the names for a minute and I wanted to give you a little side note because I wanted to deal with something because see as we're going through the names of God in this series I felt you know and, and we're doing it because I know it's going to equip us I know it's going to you know strengthen the body of Christ but there's a danger in it that will rise up in our flesh as we become more equipped and, and so I want to deal with it right now at the start of this. See, it's easy for us as we learn these different natures and characteristics of God to do what many cults and many um, religions and many even some well-meaning believers do. And that is to make many gods or many gods out of one God. So to, to explain that, we can easily separate God. We can compartmentalize. That's a good scribal word, right? We can compartmentalize God. We can take one aspect of God away from all the others and just worship that one. There's a danger in our flesh to do that. We can talk about Jehovah Sid Kenyu and take comfort for a moment knowing that there's nothing I can do to earn grace. All of my righteousness is filthy rags, Isaiah 64 says. Our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So we can take comfort in the fact that he's our righteousness, but that doesn't give us permission to be lax. We can take comfort in our righteousness, but it doesn't give us permission to be lazy or to be laid back. Because while he's our righteousness, he's also Kadosh. There's a bonus name for you today. The Holy One. He's Kadosh, the Holy One of Israel. And, 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 and though, though God loves us and accepts us, and though He takes us just as we are, and though He, though he tells us, come just like you are, and though He receives us, and though He loves on us, and though, though He graces us to death and to life, He's still holy. And church, we need to, we need to hear that today. He's still holy. He's, what, what I'm trying to say is, is God says, you know, I'm a friend and, and, and we call God friend and we sing songs like that and there's scripture like that. We call God friend, but God is not your homie, right? We even got t-shirts, right? Jesus is my homeboy. No, he's not. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, he loves you. Yes, you can be that close with him. Yes, he's the friend that sticks closer to the brother like than, than a brother. Yes, he's all of that. But he's also kadosh. He's also holy. And holy can't mix with unholy. There's no fellowship in that. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, see, there's, there's, there's... In Leviticus, he says... Speak to the congregation of Israel and tell them, be holy because I'm holy. And you can say, well, that's Old Testament law. Okay, New Testament, 1 Peter 1, it says, live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance. But as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves be holy. For I am holy. Amen? So you see, when you start going through the names of God, you will find that He's a shadow from the heat, but He's also a wall of fire. You'll find that, that he's, he's a shelter from the storm, but He's also a consuming fire. You'll find that, that he's, he's a, a hope, but he's also a judge. You'll find that He's the Lord that healeth thee, but He's also the Lord that smiteth thee. You'll find that he's my maker, but he's also my purifier. You'll find that he's the potter who shapes and molds me, but he's also the refiner's fire who burns the impurities out of me. You'll find that he's a friend of sinners, but he's also a lawgiver. You'll find that he's the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, but he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's also Jehovah, mighty in battle. Amen? See, there's a difference. There's, he's this, but he's also the other. He's the lamb, but he's also the lion. And, and so you, I don't know about you, but we need to tread lightly around a lion, right? 
How many of you have gone to the zoo and you see the lambs and man, the lambs, you know, you put a dollar in a machine and it gives you stuff and you, you can put your hand in the lamb cage, right? And the lamb will come and lick it all up and it's disgusting but the kids love it, right? See, you can do that with a lamb but by the lion cages, there's no, there's no dollar machine. There's no holes in the gate where you can put a hand in and let the lion lick you. No. So, see, God is a lamb that, that you can get that close to, but he's also the lion that you need to back up and respect. Amen? You need to back up and respect the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I know I've talked about this before, but churchianity, it makes God so soft. And I hate that. We've turned God into a good luck charm. You know, we make him this rabbit foot that we carry. And we, we say he's this greater being. He's this high existence. He's this big faraway entity. He's my higher power. No, church, he's not that distant. He's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is here right in your face. Amen? He's not some, some higher power. He, my word says that he loved us so much that he did something about it. That he came in the flesh. He took on flesh and bones. And he carried everything filthy and disgraceful to the cross. And he endured beating and humiliation. And he bled real blood. And it was holy blood. It was sinless blood. It was righteous blood. He paid the price for my selfishness. For your self-centeredness. And, and, and I mean, if he was weak, he would have found an easy your way church can we stop being a generation that's always looking for an easier way think about the last couple of sermons that you might have downloaded or the last couple of books that you that you might have purchased at a christian bookstore it's we all want riches prosperity good health good friends and and then the, the more we get it the more we take it for granted I'll go preach someplace else if you want me to. But see, the more we get it, the more, the more we take it for granted. And we keep compromising. I see time and time again how we compromise our faith and our walk with God for better positions, for better jobs. And, and we say, God, I need a better job. I need you to supply. I need, and then God gives you a better job and you opt to work on Sundays. Do, do, do you think God opened that door to get you away from his body? Or, or, or do you think, maybe, um, you think maybe there was a blessing and a test in the same thing right there? You think maybe God was saying, I'll open this door, you stand firm for me, and I'll get your back. And so you, you get accepted, you get this incredible position you've been asking for, and then they, they have this option, well, you know, if you work Sundays, we can make more money. Woo, I'll make more money. Because I need that right now. So surely God has provided. Definitely the Lord saw and provided. And then before you know it, six months down the line, you're so out of fellowship with God's people. You are so out of fellowship with God. You, you are worse than you were four or five years ago. But you got money. You drive a better car. But you cry yourself to sleep at night. But you're depressed. But, but you go crazy when there's a nick in the new Lexus. And, and you, you have no peace about, about anything. Because, well, because we're compromised. I, I want good health too. I want money too. I want good things. I want prosperity. And I believe God wants that for us. So don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not saying God wants you poor, broken, and with a Jesus bumper sticker on a jalopy that throws out black smoke. I see nothing wrong with, with throwing a Jesus bumper sticker on a big Lexus. Amen? Martina received it. Shama. Amen? See, I don't, I don't see nothing wrong with it. But the problem is, the problem is when, when we compromise everything that we are to get it. When we, when we separate ourselves so far from the word of God that that's what matters. See, the, God says, I will provide everything according to my riches and glory. But it's about putting me first. Let me add it. God, how many, tell somebody next to you, God doesn't need your help. Oh, that's a message and four halves right there. God doesn't need your help. Who do you think you are that you can help God do something for you? You think, well, God, you know, there's a lot of people. He's really busy. No, no, God is not your pastor. God is God. He is, he, how, can, how can we say today, Jehovah Shammah, God is here. But yet, the church down the block can say, Jehovah Shammah, God is here. And the church down in Africa can say, Jehovah Shammah, God is here. How can God be in all of those places at one time? Because he's God. Amen? 
Because he's God. Not even Satan can do that. Not even the evil one in the spirit can do that. He can dispatch every demon on earth to try to give the appearance. And that's one thing the enemy's good at. He gives the appearance that he's got you. But I laugh at you, sorry, inside, when you tell me, oh, the devil is all over me this weekend. The devil tried to stop me. The devil doesn't know your name. Stop gassing yourself. You are not that much of a threat to his kingdom that he would come from wherever else, from, you know, uh, Heidi Baker's camp where she's loving kids to alive with her love, that he's going to stop you from getting to work on time. Come on. I mean, is that a self-centered, egotistical view of, of our own, of ourselves? We make ourselves so big. The devil's, the, the devil, the devil's so busy, he giving me a flat. He can be one place in the whole universe and he's the, he's the enemy at my tire just putting a little glass under it to give me a flat. Isn't that like a pitiful, pathetic? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. You got a flat because there was a piece of glass there. You got a flat because it's been a slow leak for six months and you haven't changed it. Come on. Right? The, the enemy didn't do it. God showed you there was a slow leak there four months ago. You put air in it every week. Change it. Change it. It's not spiritual. Amen? <laughs> so we live among a generation that's always seeking the easier road. John Wesley said, listen to this, what one generation is willing to tolerate, the next generation will embrace. I want you to think about that. Your kids will perfect your sins. What, what you tolerated, your kids will enjoy. What you tolerated, your kids will, will have PhDs in. Your compromise opens the door for a generation to walk in a substandard level. It's time for us to raise the bar. Amen? It's time for us to raise the bar. It's time for us to stop tolerating things. It's time for us to stop. And it's time for us to stop treating God like He's a lamb. And, and just seeing God as this soft little cuddly lamb that we want to hug when we, don't, when we feel lonely. I, oh, come here, bendito. We hug the lamb. No, no, no. God is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Get it correct. Amen. There's power there. There is, there's, there's, there's power that you don't understand. You don't understand the power that we have. The power that we walk in. Amen. If, if two of you would get it today, we'd, we'd, we'd rock the Bronx. If two of you. Okay, we, we hit Brooklyn too. Sorry. Sorry. Brooklyn got upset in the house. What's up? What's up, puppy? We'd rock Brooklyn too. So would you agree with me as we go through these names that we'd allow God to bring revelation in our hearts, in our minds, and we'll stop painting this picture of a walk, you know, of, 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 with our walk of a soft and gentle higher power? And you'll look into the face of God broken and bleeding and taking all the punishment that we deserved. Would you just understand that we're the weak ones? Now, I'm not putting it like that because one thing is good and one thing is bad. I'm just saying you can't have the potter without the refiner's fire. Do you understand that the clay will remain unfinished? It will remain weaker? It will remain rough. It will remain not. It will never, the beauty of the pot will never come out until it goes through the refiner's fire. None of you would buy dishes, china, pots, none of that stuff unless you saw it refined afterwards. That's when you see the color of it. That's when the glaze of it. Listen, some of the things that you're going through right now, it's God putting a glaze on you. It's some of the things that, you, that you're experiencing right now. It's God bringing out the colors in you, in the clay. God is bringing out, God is bringing out the shine. Listen, so tell somebody, it hurts. Right? It hurts. Yes. 
God never said it was going to be fun. He never said it was going to be easy. But he did say, Do have, have no fear about this world. Because in this world you're going to have problems. But know that I overcame the world. So the only promise he gives us is that number one, he's going to be there. And that number, one, the, number two, he's going to take you to the other side. And on the other side, you're going to come out beautiful. Amen? Because it's not what we go through that defines us. It's how we come through it. Amen? Tell somebody, I'm going through it. Why, why do you think we say that? I'm going through it. Because it means I'm not stopping here. It means this, this particular area of my life really stinks right now. This thing I'm going through sucks right now. It's hard, but, but I'm not stopping here. I'm going through it. And I'm going to come out on the other side with a glaze on me. I'm going to come out on the other side stronger. I'm going to come out on the other side better, sharper, more brilliant. And people are going to see the colors in me as I shine when I come through the refiner's fire. Somebody say amen. amen. See, it will remain unfinished until it goes through. So see, he's not, God is not just this, so he's not just that. God is all that. He's all that. God is all that. And a bag of chips. And nine essential vitamins and minerals. He's all that. All that. Anything that. He is all that. God is all that. Now, listen, maybe you're at a place today where everything's bitter. Give me your, give me your heart for 60 seconds. Maybe you're at a place today where everything's bitter. There's divorce. His relationships, children, family problems, his friends, there's job situations. Everything is bitter. And, and just, just understand that God is allowing you to taste bitterness. Know that one of God's names is Jehovah Rafi, the Lord, your healer. And after he allows us to taste bitterness, he provides grace. And, and grace can make bitter waters sweet again. Maybe you're at a place of sacrifice today. God has brought you to an altar in your life. And he's asked you to let go of something that's very dear to you. Whatever that could be. I encourage you today that God is Jehovah Jireh. And when we're willing to surrender everything we are to Him, He will see and He will provide what's needed. Can we just stand and just bow our heads for a moment as we pray? I want us to have, I know we had a time of prayer already, and, and, but, but I really feel God is, because is, uh, see, God changed all this on me last night at like 2 in the morning, and, and I was supposed to speak today about the God of breaking through, amen? But we'll, we'll push that to the next message in the series, because God needed to, to touch some hearts, and, 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 and I really felt He changed everything up on me last night. He needed to, for us to understand that there's some of us going through some things that, that we're tasting a lot of bitterness. And, and everything seems bitter. Everything. And God is saying, listen, my grace will just drop. If you would allow my grace to drop in that situa situation, everything that's bitter will be made sweet. If that's you, would you respond today? Would you say that's, that's, that's why God brought me here today? Come on, come on. Come on, this space is the altar of sacrifice. Here are the waters of Mara. Bitter, bitter. Come. Come. Come, don't let, no, don't let anybody stop you. Don't let pride stop you. Don't let your ego stop you. This ain't, you're not doing anything for me. This is about you. God brings us, sometimes God is, if God is letting you taste bitterness today, just say, God, yeah, I'm, this, this is bitter. 
This thing that I'm tasting right now is bitter. This is not good, God. It's, it's bitter. And, and, and if you think about those people, they were hungry. They hadn't had water for three days. And they come to a place, and when they finally get to, to see water, it's bitter. And some of you could be angry at God because of that. You say, God, you, you brought me from so far. You, you brought me through so many things. You, you've done so much in my life. And now I come to the place where, where it looks like it's going to be refreshing. And where it looks like it's going to be good for me. And it's bitter, God. And you get angry. And just know that God is allowing you to taste bitterness. So that His grace could be made complete in you. And he can make the bitter places sweet. Let's pray for that right now. Father, right now, Lord God, in each and every heart here that's, that's responding to you today, Lord God. I ask you, Lord God, that, that, Father, they're here because they've tasted bitterness. They're here, Lord God, because things are bitter right now. There's, there's things that are not pleasing right now, not refreshing, not fulfilling, not strengthening. And they're weak, Lord God. And we're, we're standing here in the valley of, of bitterness. We're asking you, God, to, to, to take the cross, to dip it in these bitter waters. And today that you would make it sweet, Lord. Make it sweet, Lord God. Just start to pray your situation to God. Start to pray your, your, your situation, God. Just start to pray what, what you have. And it's all right to tell him. It's all right to speak real with him. It's all right to say, God, this thing that I'm facing right now is bitter. This thing is harsh. I think you can do it a better way. But God, because you're the God that sees, because you're the God that heals, Lord God, I'm asking you today, I come to you to, these, to the bitter place of bitter water and I ask you to heal it today. I ask that you would make it sweet, Lord God. Only you know what, what needs to be done, Lord God. And so God, I just, I release your grace on everyone here today, Lord. I release your grace, Lord. Let your grace change bitter to sweet today, Lord God. I release your grace today, Lord God. Father, help them to find, to find. Lord, just like Moses, the, the tree was always there by the water, but he never saw it until God told him. Father, I ask you right now that you would show them in their situation what that tree is. Show them what it is that's going to bring healing. Show them what it is that needs to be thrown in the water to, to make it sweet again, Lord, because according to your word, it's already there. So show them what it is that's, gonna, that, that's needed to throw into these waters to make them sweet, Lord God. Father, that's not an answer that we can give them. That's not an answer that I can give them. God, you show them as they pray right now. Open eyes, open hearts, open minds, Lord. Help us to see the tree by the water that's going to change it. Help us to see your face on the cross. Help us to see the cross that, that, that bled. Help us to see the cross that changed forever our eternity Lord God and maybe you're here today at a place of sacrifice God has brought you to an altar in your life and he's asked you to for something that's dear to you can I encourage you today church that God is Jehovah Jireh and when you're willing to surrender everything you are to him you he will see and he will provide what's needed. If that's you, if God is asking you to sacrifice something, it, it, whatever that thing is, we're not going to ask you what it is. But, but if that's you, if you know, if you're sitting back there and you know that God is asking you to let go of something. God is asking you to separate from something. He's asking you to move away from something. He's asking you to leave something alone. To give up something that's dear to you that you've been holding on to for way too long. Would you just come? Let Jehovah Jireh see and provide. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you pray?
just thank you, Father God. We thank you for always being there, Lord. We thank you for always being our provider, for always being our, our everything, our great I am, Lord. All day today, Father God, you revealed yourself so strong, so mighty, so powerful. You revealed that you are a provider, you are a daddy, you are a brother, you are our everything, Father God. Truly, that the words, you are the great, great I am, you are just showing us that so strong today. So, Father God, I just pray over each and every one of us, Lord. I pray over our memories right now. Touch your heads today. Touch your minds today. I pray, Father, right now that you will never let us forget this day. That you will ne never let us forget who you are, Father God. Expand our minds. Expand our our memory father god so that we will always hold this in our hearts lord jesus that you are the great i am that you are bigger than we would have than we even knew that today we learn that you are monstrous father god we can't put you in a box we can't hold you we can't tell you what to do father you are too big yet you are so beautiful and you are so kind you are so precious you are our everything father god so today we thank you for that we thank you for never leaving us, never forsaking us, never dropping us, never letting us fall, never letting us be tripped up by, by, by things that are in, the, in the road. We thank you for never letting us get hurt. We thank you for never letting us die that day we were supposed to get hit by that car for pushing us out of the way. We thank you for being stronger. We thank you for being bolder. We thank you for being mightier. We thank you for being greater. We thank you for being more kind, more precious, more amazing than everything else out there. You're here because you've tried it all, but it doesn't work, right? He works. We thank you, God, for being greater, for being wonderful, Lord. As we learn your names, Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for thank supporting you. the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.